to the NoCo Softball Podcast. I am what's left of who's considered your host, Jake Long. Thank you again for downloading this episode and others. Wanted to get you another episode out. Season's kind of winding down, slowing up a bit here at the beginning of October. So getting the emails and DMs cleaned out. So we're going to do a little impromptu Ask Jake Anything. So we're going to see what we can come up with here. Let's kick it off with, Jake, will you give me one of your jerseys? No, I will not give you one of my jerseys, but I'll be happy to trade you one. I'm actually really enjoying doing that. I've done it with a couple of people. Uh, Buckethead Bobby hit show. We did one at uh, Austin's Benefit Tournament and done a couple with some Sioux City guys. So going to get some more ordered next season and be looking forward to doing jersey swaps with y'all. Really only requirement is I'm a 2XL, so... You either are a 2XL or round up one of your team's 2XL jerseys. Let's do a swap, take a picture, let's have some fun with it. So really enjoy, really enjoying doing the jersey swaps with you all. So thank you for those who've done it and looking forward to doing more. Let's see, next one. Do you listen to Trayvon Bear's Real Spit podcast? What do you think of someone else in softball doing a podcast? A, yes, I do listen sometimes. Uh, I really enjoy his production value for real. He takes a lot of time and pride in his editing and sound, and I think he's doing a very nice job. So keep up the good work, Trayvon. Um, What do I think of someone else doing a podcast? It's awesome. It's not a problem if that's what this is supposed to imply. I think it's great that others are getting into the medium. It's fun. It's great interaction. Uh, really like the audio format as I have always, because as many of you've met me or seen me eat a hot dog, I definitely have a face for audio. So, uh, podcasting is fun. I just really like it. And I hope Trayvon, you're having fun as well. I know we've exchanged a few messages, so keep up the good work, my man. Uh, what is your favorite flavor of twisted tea? If I'm going to pick one, I'm going to go original. I just really dig original. It's the right balance of tea and booze. Uh, peach is good as well. There is a mango floating out there. I think they do it in tall boys at some gas stations. I have not tried that yet, but I get a lot of messages and thank you for those about people telling me how good the mango is. So we'll definitely have to try that sometime. But as of right now, just go with the straight up original is my favorite one. Least favorite being raspberry. Initially that thing tastes like cough syrup to me, but if you drink enough, you just get over it and it's just fine. Uh, Jake, some companies have sent you free stuff. Have you ever sent anything back? <laughs> no, I, I'm very, I'm very thankful, and it's wild that I, I do get people sending me free stuff. Apparently, they think I'm some sort of influencer, or they just want to get the product in hands. I have not sent anything back. I have politely and impolitely declined some opportunities. Uh, both for legal reasons. I I had like a THC company reach out to me and I'm not saying I'm against it, but in Nebraska currently it is still illegal. So didn't really want them sending me any THC through the mail to Nebraska. But otherwise there was, I've shared a personal story and we'll get into more details of it later about uh, 
equipment company reaching out to me and we had a not so positive dialogue back and forth over email. But other than that, no, I've never sent anything back and I, I really appreciate and do actually use what they've sent me. Obviously, DeMarini sent me the care pack with the roller and the the bats. I uh, got a couple of polos and a t-shirt out of that deal, some hats. Uh, got my Carbonox watch, nice little digital activity tracker watch. Uh, I actually do wear that and use that. Um, what else? Obviously, enjoying my relationship with Twisted T. They couldn't be any more supportive or fun to trade dialogue with, and it's absolutely delicious anyway. So, again, I'm very happy and thankful for the relationships I have. So, uh, to answer your question, no, I have never sent anything back. Take a peek at this next one here. What do you think of bat review videos, and do you have a favorite reviewer that you watch? Uh, overall... What do I think of bat review videos? Um, my favorites, I'll, I'll get into why they're my favorites and it's part of it, but if you're gonna do a bat review, review video, I'm all for it. I don't care how good or bad your swing is. I would I would like to see uncut footage. Just show me 15, 20 minutes of you swinging a bat. I don't care if you're, you know, I don't care if you're a freaking open player or you're just a beer leaguer. I want to see how the bat sounds, how it performs, how it gets through the zone. So stop with the goddamn background music on your review videos. Another one that I've posted something in the past. If you're doing a U-Trip bat video, hit Classic M's or even Classic Pluses or Stadiums or Pro-M's, whatever. Quit hitting USA Balls with a U-Triple-S-A bat and then kind of just scoffing at the performance or thinking it's great, this, that, and the other. I mean... Use the equipment they're intended to hit. I mean, I've even seen guys do like a, a monster video and they're hitting 44s and they're wondering why they don't think it's very good. Well, because you're a dipshit. That's why it's not very good for you. So again, that's what I think of bat review videos. I think, I don't think there's too many of them, but some of them it's, I, I, I don't know. I think everybody's just trying to reinvent the wheel in certain cases. But my favorites are actually the, Tomahawk bat review guys, Fabian and Samson. And I'll tell you why. I've actually had a, the pleasure of meeting Samson, got to play with him up at Corky, so that was a lot of fun. Really nice guy. Didn't realize he was 25, younger guy. Um, but what I like about them is they're both very polite and humble guys. I really enjoyed that about them. But also, if a bat's not very good, they'll actually admit it. You go watch some of their videos. They do a nice, Samson does a nice job of again, editing the videos and putting them together. But if a bat is a four, they'll say it's a four. They don't sit there and have a dead round and then come smile at the camera and say, oh, you know, well, yeah, you know, the performance was great and go pick one up. Now, if it sucks, it sucks. So I do appreciate them being one of the few honest reviewers that I'm actually familiar with right now. But uh, Fat Guy BP, He's a good guy. I've had a little interaction with him. He does nice videos. I like his breakdowns because he does, to you know, he'll hit them himself, but then he'll have a couple of whether it's younger guys or it seems like he blends a little bit of skill level. So I really enjoy his videos as well. So those are a couple that I really like: are Fat Guy BP and Tomahawk Bat Reviews. Jake, what did you think of Oklahoma City overall as a city? It was very nice to meet you, and thanks for the koozie. Hey, Bobby, thank you as well. It was a pleasure to meet you. 
Uh, it's the fun part about this is getting to meet people who, um, you know, aren't from around here that are familiar with the show or the platform. Uh, Oklahoma City, I, I kind of dug it. Reminded me a lot of Omaha, about the same size. Bricktown is a great time waiting to happen. A lot of fun things down there, whether it's the baseball stadium or Toby Keith's was kind of a cool place. Uh, went to a piano, they had like a piano bar with like a karaoke section in the back. So that was cool. Um, no, overall really liked Oklahoma city. Uh, unfortunately, like many other larger cities, there's definitely, a sadly a problem with the homeless population, but, uh, nothing like they were aggressive or anything. And if you ever get a chance to go down there, uh, Heather and I toured the Oklahoma City bombing memorial. Um, I had actually been there two or three years after it happened. And to come back now where it's the just the beautiful memorial and the, the museum, uh, being a, I'm an American history guy anyway, and it, it was just a very eye-opening experience to be there and to see it. And there were some really incredible artifacts that they have and... I really would recommend if, if you go down there for nationals or if you're just down there for a vacation or visiting family or friends, just getting out of town, whatever, put that one on the list, go downtown and just walk around and take it all in. And just, uh, you know, it's definitely a, a, a sadder part of our history, but they, they documented it very well. And um, I, I encourage those to go check it out, uh, like the downtown area in general. But I, uh, Bobby, I really did enjoy Oklahoma City. So thank you for that. Um, let's see if you could design your own bat, what would the specs be? Overall, it's pretty much a monster sinister. I mean, I'm just basically from the same idea. I like a one piece stiff flex. Give me a 12 inch barrel, half ounce end load. And again, I think that's pretty much a monster sinister. Uh, but even if it was a U-trip model, whatever, I, if I could have any bat designed the way it would give me, I don't know, between, uh, I swing light, so give me anywhere between a 24 and a 26 ounce for U-Trip or USA. But uh, yeah, one-piece stiff flex, 12-inch barrel, half-ounce unload between 24 and 26 ounces. That would be my specs of my quote-unquote ideal bat. What is... let's Okay, sorry. What is the best advice you have received in softball? I'm going to give you two because they, they apply to different parts of the game. So just overall in general, coming into tournament softball uh, was given the advice by Augie Roper. It was basically along the lines of any dummy can swing hard and hit a home run on base percentages where your reputation is made. So high on base good eye, consistent hitter, that's that's what upper or more competitive teams really keep an eye on, and that's what gets you moved along in the game, and it's absolutely true, uh, especially with the equipment nowadays. I still go with that, that clearly any dummy can hit a home run, but it takes a real emphasis on skill to get yourself on base, whether it's walking all day or placing the ball, nice square line drive, so... That's one piece. And then the other being from Lawson pitching. So it does its advice within the game. Basically told me is like, locate your pitch, let it go one step and set. 
you know, don't, don't backpedal like a defensive back. Just locate your pitches, square up, be ready for any, for every pitch to be hit it back at you. You just have to keep those reflexes on point. So that is what I consider the best piece of advice. And it still holds up both of them to this day. Jake, you're starting a team. Who are your first three calls? Um, I've freely admitted Austin Chambers is my franchise guy, so he's one of them. Uh, I will go Austin Chambers, Hobbs, and Big Country. So Austin Chambers, Troy Cloyd, and Brandon Thompson. Uh, give me Gets me an outfielder, infielder, power guy, high on base guy, and of course a pitcher that's a balance of anything and all of those guys really do have versatility too. So starting a team, those are my first three calls I'm going to make. Who is the best backside hitter in the game currently? Uh, of who I'm familiar with, I think Aaron Beal is the best backside hitter in the game right now. And I love the fact that he's left-handed. Uh, for some reason, when you turn to that side of the plate, people think, still to this day pushing the ball is a lost art and it's not necessarily a lost art it's his strength so Aaron's a great hitter overall but he is in my opinion easily the best and most consistent backside hitter I know of right now so Aaron Beal is my answer to that question let's look for another one here do you like the USSSA half run rule for visitors in tournaments I not only like it I love it prevents ties. Um, yes, it is for the visitors. I wouldn't care if it was home or visitors. I just do like that someone gets a half-run rule advantage. Uh, does it potentially mitigate the home advantage in a coin flip? Uh, yeah, maybe. I guess that would be really the only argument you could make is what is the the incentive for taking home other than the last at bat, which... Again, I, especially in a serious competitive tournament, I still value the last, the last say more than a half run, but free money's free money. So I totally understand a lot of teams will take visitor and go up half a run and just add to it. So, but either way, I do like it because it avoids ties. And if you're getting into, you know, which I do understand there are time limits on games, as I think there should be, except for, as I've said, winner bracket final, loser bracket final, and championship games. I don't think you should have a time limit in those. But the rest, you're playing for fourth and lower, so clock runs out, clock runs out. But again, if it runs out, there is no tie, so it doesn't put things behind. So overall, I love the half-run idea in the game of softball overall that USSSA currently employs. What are the worst fields to play on in the area? Late in the day, Christensen Fields in Fremont, if they don't get dragged and they've been busy all day, you may as well go play in the gravel parking lot. They're about the same. Uh, those are pretty rough ground ball-wise through the infield. Um... There's actually, I was just up there, as I'm recording now, Tuesday the 5th, I was up in Sioux City last Tuesday to run with uh, the Pioneer Auto Boys for a league night, and I forget what field it is, guys, I, I want to say it's three, the one that faces the river, 
that outfield can get jumpy. It always has been where you hit a ball, you know, just roll, you know, a, a good ball with some legs on the grass. It can take a screwy hop left or right. It's, it's really strange. And it's been that way for years, at least in my experience. So that's another funny one. But I would say overall, the, the couple three fields up at uh, Christensen can get pretty dicey on a ground ball to the dirt. Um, so I guess in that, in that case, I would say that's the quote unquote worst. Let me see. What are some other podcasts you would recommend? Uh, first and foremost, uh, actually going to be on, going to be recording with them this week. It is called man versus model. It is a local college football gambling podcast. Uh, Casey, Kenny and Rich. Good guys have been on there a couple of times, so I want you to give them a like and a follow. Go give Trayvon Bearer his Real Spit podcast. Go give it a follow and a listen, see what you think. Uh, support those who support you. That's where I would start. Uh, national ones. I really like, there's an Unsolved Mysteries podcast. Uh, I'm a bit of a conspiracy theory guy, so there's one of those out there. I got a couple of those. Uh, freely admit, I'm an old school wrestling fan, so... I got a couple of wrestling podcasts because I like to hear, uh, you know, behind the scenes stories of how they came up with stories or what guy wouldn't do this, that, or the other. So really enjoy those as well. Um, but specifically unsolved mysteries, man versus model, real spit and conspiracy theories by Parcast is conspiracy theories. So go check those out. Those will help you kill some time kind of getting over Rogan, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I, I really still like the variety of people he has and the, the way he conducts his interviews. Like I, I've of course borrowed many ideas and methods from the way he does his show, but I, I'm just kind of getting over his, his shtick, if you will. Uh, Jake, do you have any koozies left? I've got three or four left. Um, think I'm going to order some more. Those are always fun to pass out. And again, thank you all for the support. It, it's still, you know, I know I passed out like 400 of them, but it's still fun to see pictures from all over the country and world with people with one of my orange koozies. So that's fun. So yeah, I think I'm going to, I'm going to piece together a little more cash and get some koozies made up again for the 2022 season, get those passed out. Is there any way U-Triple-S-A grows in Nebraska? Absolutely. I think it is a great time right now to attempt to grow the game. It was here before. You ran about 50-50. Um, USA is currently there, but there's really, if nothing else, there's a market and an opportunity for it. There are some logistics in the way of accomplishing it, but I think there is absolutely growth potential in Nebraska. I think it's a wanted growth, to be honest with you, because people are tired of whether it's local USA or even national USA. Again, going back to Bobby in Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City was, uh, to put it lightly, a goddamn mess. At least the sea weekend was. Uh, don't know about those that went down for A and B, but C was a goddamn mess. There really needs to be more just fluidity with identification and classification of players it's just it's getting out of hand for many reasons I'll go into a you know I'll do another in-depth one about that later but 
Again, UCCA is more well-governed, uh, classified uh, appeals processes, etc. There's a lot smoother communication, at least just even in my dealings with it. So yes, absolutely an opportunity to grow in Nebraska and hope to see it or even help it if I can. So next one, dinner for four, you and three other guests living or dead in softball, who's joining you? That is a great question. Two right off the top of my head. I would love Carl Pegnatori and Ray DiMarini to be at a table. I would love to be a fly on the wall for that conversation because both of those men, one generation apart, reinvented slow pitch softball with their designs. So I would love to just hear out their thought processes and how they came up with their designs and both of them being able to kind of reflect on their impact in the game. Um, boy, fourth. Um, I'm a fan, never met him, but uh, I'll just give the last seat to Bryson Baker. Again, I've just wanted to always pick his brain and I was kind of hoping to run into him at Corky's this year, but I don't think he was actually there. I think there was like a Seattle U-Trip major when they moved it, but I really hope I have an opportunity to at least meet uh, Bryson Baker. But uh, yeah, let's go with those four. What? Oh, God. Grammar, not a strong suit in NoCo's Nation. Okay, what? I'll sort of rephrase. What is the best worst and most underrated bats right now uh usa and u-trip so best in usa it's clearly monsta there are other good ones but it's it's monsta and everybody else is looking up uh u-trip wise i'm gonna go mikan for u-trip it seems like everything mikan's putting out right now is just hot for u-trip worst uh, USA, I'm still going to stick with Louisville Slugger. Not a huge fan of, of their stuff that they've put out. I've never gotten the feel for it. Uh, U-Triple-S-A, worst. Um, I don't think... Man, U-Triple-S-A, it's really competitive. So, boy, um, I'm going to go with right off the top of my head... I know Worth is pretty hot. Um, man, if I get a pin it on somebody, I think I'm gonna go D Marini, and I like D Marini myself. But again, if you're just if I'm gonna recommend something to somebody else, and you know they don't gotta put any work in anything, uh, I hate to say it, but it, you know it is what it is. Uh, D Marini, because uh, I know Louisville again. Louisville used to tow the anchor in both of them, but I think they're. 2022 stuff that Purcell thing is just an absolute rocket launcher the 240 their 240 stuff right now I'm hearing a lot of great things about but uh I will go D Marini for that most underrated underrated in USA I think Mikan is underrated in USA uh underrated in USA. I like the pure stuff like those one piece pures those are real nice so let's go with all those answers. Uh, what is the song you have in your new intro? Uh, the one I've recently used, and again, uh, kind of got a, hey, please don't do that again. It was P.O.D. Boom is what it was called. 
bands Payable on Death, the album is Satellite, came out in 2000 or 2001, I think, out of Southern California. But the one I'm using now, I have permission through like Spotify and uh, sound samples and stuff. It's the Donnas. Take it off. I love the Donnas. They're a all-female uh, rock slash punk slash rock group. Uh, Brett Anderson, the lead singer, I've had a crush on her for years. So the Donnas Take It Off is the current one right now. So I'm glad you're digging it. I kind of like it. I thought I needed a little pizzazz, as the kids would say, to the beginning of the show. So I went with a little intro, and I'm glad you guys like it. Um, so yeah, the Donnas Take It Off. What would you say are some unwritten rules in the game? That's a very interesting question. We were actually kind of talking about this this past weekend out in Crete. One of mine is, regardless of how competitive whatever it is, or lack of competitive fundraiser, or whatever, if you're playing co-ed and a female is pitching, pull the ball. And it's not running down female players. It's just one of those things you don't you don't hit it back through the box on a female pitcher. Um, that's just one of my unwritten rules. Um, a lot of them, again, you know, being a pitcher myself, middle isn't a thing to me. Middle is intent. Did you try and hit me to harm me? Uh, so I really don't get too wound up about middle. Or if I do, I obviously feel that there were intentions behind it. But I, I would say. You know, if you're going to go with an unwritten rule, if you're if you're head high with a ball through the box, maybe just a, you know, like a tip of the cap or a my bad. But if it's anywhere else, like, hey, hit it where it's pitched. I, I'm one of those few guys that'll own his pitch. So maybe that's an unwritten rule. But otherwise, um, th there's one that, again, when I was up in Sioux City, it was it was kind of, and it just kind of dawned on me, if you're blowing a team out, you kind of go station to station. Um, it, there's a real fine line between showing respect and completely fucking off and insulting them by clowning around. And I mean, obviously, each of us can have their own opinions on where that line is drawn, of course. But for me... I mean, if you start batting opposite hands and stuff like that, I mean, that's that's a little too far for me. Uh, you may as well just look at me and say, fuck you. I would I would much prefer that. Um, so, yeah, unwritten rules. I mean, you know, stuff like that. Otherwise, it's, it's pretty much common. Uh, one thing that I'll always do, and uh, I know some of you obviously played against me. You've heard me say this. Like, if I'm at first base... I'm not the most aggressive base runner in the world, of course, and it typically never matters, but I always try and tell the middle man or whoever's got the bag that I'm going inside or outside. Again, that's just a personal preference of mine. Uh, we all go to work on Monday, and it's just letting them know also that, hey, this is where I'm going, so there's no, there's no even incorrect assumption of why I came in hard to that part of the bag or whatever if I do happen to get down. So I'll say sometimes like going outside and I also don't want to get hit in the face either. So I, I typically will choose outside because I can peel off if the balls hit so quick. And obviously my old ass doesn't get a good break that they're not smoking me in the face, making their play, which they have every right to do. 
So I'll try and get out of the way by peeling outside. So that's, that's one of my little unwritten rules that isn't really official, but I just try and communicate to them like, Hey, you know, let's be mindful of each other. So that's a few. I would love to hear some of your guys's too. If you have some, what are kind of your unwritten rules or, you know, things that maybe aren't written down and official, but you kind of use as a guide. Um, this one, I, I really dig this question too. This came up in Crete actually in a conversation. Somebody sent it to me a while back. If a fundraiser offers a payback, do you keep it? First off, yes, they offered it. So take the money, but I will say in my opinion, and again, it's the NoCo Softball podcast with Jake Longjo, so it's it's just kind of ask Jake anything, so Jake's answering. I would say a rule of thumb, uh, just as an example. So you enter a fundraiser, let, let's say Grady's, okay? Uh, let's say it costs 250 to get into Grady's for a team, and Bill pays out, let's say, a grand to first place. I don't think it is a bad idea to keep your entry fee so you play for free, donate the rest back. So keep your 250 and give the 750 back to the cause. I think that's a good rule of thumb. Again, I'll go with an unwritten rule. I think that's a that's a good jumping off point of how much you should donate. Uh even if you finish like second place and let's say second place paid your money back. Uh, totally up to you. I, I mean, me personally, if, if, if Bill put it in my hand, I'm going to give him at very least half or all of it. Um, but you know, just, just something like that. I mean, you know, especially, I mean, obviously, you know, Grady's is the best example I can come up with, but even if it was just like a, you know, like, a a fundraiser for, you know, some turn, you know, a team's going to Vegas or something like that kick a little back, but yeah, if they're offering a payout, you know, they've obviously budgeted into their expected intake. So no, it's not bad to keep the whole payout if you decide to, but for a charity, I, that I, I don't know, not my style. All right, next one. Let's go through four more of these because some of this is just a goddamn mess. Um, should softball go back to metal bats? Absolutely. Technology has gotten way too far in both sides of the game, both balls and bats, U-Trip, USA, all of it, um, including including myself. 90% of the people playing right now couldn't hit water if they fell out of a boat in the ocean with a metal bat. Um, it would bring back the actual skill, and you would have to learn how to actually hit rather than letting the technology do the work. So I'm all for it. It has nothing to do with metal. It has nothing to do with, you know, tape measure shots. It's just, it's just getting ridiculous nowadays how technology is overcoming bad technique. And th that's actually the problem I have. Like you can't really hide bad technique with metal or wood bats, but you absolutely can with the technology that's out there right now. So I know Lawson, when he and I did our interview he brought this up and I completely echo the sentiment that either way technology has gone too far. So yes, I would think it, sh you know, I think it's good to go back to metal bats, but I will say this, the game will die if it ever does. So they'll never do it because for the reasons that I just said, the mediocre will be exposed and they'll just, they'll quit playing and that's totally their choice, but it is what it is. So 
Overall, yes, I think they should go back to Metal Bats to answer the question. Jake, why haven't you put out more casts recently? Okay, I'd mentioned this before, um, both personal and professional reasons. Again, I appreciate all the kind support and the encouragement that you all send. There have been both personal, which are personal, and they're going to remain personal, but there's also been legal reasons why I haven't. I had to navigate some uh, content, both good and bad. Um, that's the craziest thing, like doing all this. You think it's just, you know, and, and tying it back to what do you think of others doing a podcast? Would you encourage people to do a podcast? I get that one a lot. Or should I do a podcast? Yeah, but be, be careful. Like you can't just say whatever you want. And I haven't gone too far and, you know, guests haven't gone too far with it, but I have gone far enough to draw the attention of some and a couple rightfully so. Uh, I went too far in one case and Others have gone too far in another, but, but they'll work themselves out. Not a huge deal. And thankfully, it's not, uh, you know, financially going to affect me. But definitely need to be more careful. Like I was saying, and this is perfectly fine because it's all been settled. The record company politely reached out to me and told me, hey, we hear you're using POD. Um, there are rights and clearances, and I'm all for that. And it was obviously out of admiration. I enjoy the song. They knew I wasn't obviously profiting off of it, so they just asked me politely to knock it off. So I did, and then I obviously did a little more research and found the Donna's clip that I'm using now. So that's the difference. And those things happen, but I have I been contacted by a lawyer yet? Thankfully, no. But again, just... You know, the, the, there have been a couple of times where I kind of skirted the edge and it's just really not for me. But that's part of the reason I haven't put more casts out. Uh, just kind of trying to figure the direction. I've reached out to some close confidants and what they think about content and, uh, you know, just trying to navigate what direction I want to go with. Because, you know, I mean, this can take many forms and I'm going to look into those options as I see them and just kind of go forward, but I do enjoy doing it. I enjoy interacting with you all. I enjoy talking with you all. We have great conversations. And I think honestly more, it's like, Oh, hold on a second. I need to pull out some mics and put one in your hand. And we just sit there and have our great chats. But also I appreciate you all for not letting this define me either. That you still just enjoy my company as well. I, I really believe that, that I, I really not, of course I believe that I believe my own bullshit, <laughs> but, uh, I really thank you all for that, that you still take me at face value, that I'm just one of the people out there sharing our passion together. And it's not, it's not who I am. It doesn't define me. And that's also part of why I don't constantly walk around covered in no coast stuff. Um, it's by design, not that I'm ashamed of it, but also I want, I want people to know me as well and not think that they only know me through the show, uh, probably TMI, but yeah, that's part of why I haven't put out more, but I do plan on doing more, especially over the wintertime when I keep some content, uh, more random conversation, kind of getting tired of the local stuff, want to just talk to people and just talk more overall. But yeah, definitely going to try and get more out there. So I appreciate your time and your patience and shit, man, life comes at you fast. And if you blink, you'll miss it, whatever Ferris Bueller said. And that's absolutely true.
like it's already been a couple of weeks since I've put out the last one, maybe even three, and it really doesn't feel that long, but uh, time flies when you're having fun. So that's it. Let's go one more question. Oh, where is that? Let me, let me find that. I thought it was a great question. It is from, it's actually from uh, Jeff Thomas down in South Carolina. Still trips me out. Jeff's been listening for a long time. I think he found me on uh, I, or, uh, Apple Podcasts. So Jeff Thomas, again, shout out, buddy. Thank you again for this question and your support over the years. Uh, Jake, you quit softball tomorrow. What are some memories or moments you'll never forget? Uh, right away, right away. Um, obviously I, I, Heather and I weren't blessed with children, but one of my favorite moments and I've seen others do it and I got to fulfill it in my own way a couple of years ago in, uh, Milford, uh, Jax has done a hot dog review with me, but there's Jax, Barrett and Pippa Iker. They are my best friends and I love those kids to death. I had the pleasure of running around the bases with Jackson Barrett. Pippa wasn't born yet. She's only about one, but, uh, I'll never forget that just sharing. I totally get why moms and dads do that and the, the value they get, or I can't imagine, I should say, but I, I am thankful to have hopefully at least half an idea how that feels. And that's easily my favorite. Um, another one that jumps out at me right away. It was 2005 or six. I went with TNR ciders down to Kansas city for, I don't know, some shamrock slam. I think they, I don't know if they still do it, but they might still do it. It's basically uh, St. Patrick's Day weekend. Uh, the Sidewinders were down there. Um, a couple other Kansas City area teams. But anyway, we played a game that ended something like 52 to 47. There were, I mean, broke, Mike and Freaks were out there back then. Still probably my favorite bat I've ever had when all things being said and equal. Um, I think between the two teams, we snapped like six or seven of them because it was like 35 degrees out. Of course, we shouldn't have been swinging them. But uh, I know it was a combined over 100 runs scored. I do remember that. I don't have the exact score, but uh, I know Brew Bent was there. Andy Bent was there. Rusty Fram. Uh Travis Anderson, you were down there. Scotty Bannock, you were there. Um, so yeah, that was that was a wild game to play in. Um, but yeah, just just memories like that. Um, really enjoyed that. It was another one that'll stick with me. It was pretty cool to see T's beat Monster. Uh, this, you know, just I, I also you know like to see teams from the area do well. And, uh, you know, even memories that I didn't participate in, of course, but still see other teams. Uh, one that, again, sticks out in my mind. I've talked to Nick Shaw about it. His team, Max Muscle, went up to McQuaid's, which is, McQuaid's is the biggest softball tournament in America. It is absolute controlled chaos. I know some listening have been up there and it's up in Bismarck every year and it's, I don't know how many hundreds of teams and whatnot, but they won the C division, which to me still just blows my mind. Not that they weren't able to, but just to overcome such a large field, it just shows how great that team was that year and how they put it together. But yeah, just 
mind-blowing that I know some guys that have won C at McQuaid's. Um, things like that. Those are the immediate ones that come to mind. Uh, you know, another one sharing Luke's last game with him out in Hastings. That's, that's something that is very special to me. And I was glad to be a part of it because Luke is a, a, a very close friend and, you know, to see him go out on his own terms is, uh, you know, obviously we didn't, you know, we didn't, we didn't finish the deal, but you know, he went out on his own terms and he, he played his heart out and I was proud to be a part of that. So Luke, I love you. And thank you for letting me share that with you. Those are a few that jump out to me. So with that said, again, thank you all very much for submitting those and keep them coming. Even the spam ones. Uh, I know there was some ridiculous, uh, apparel company from, I don't know, some Island off the coast of Australia or something that keeps sending me shit. But anyway, thank you again. No coast is the best coast. We are out.